Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I have the special privilege of interviewing IFBB professional Miriam Jenkins. Welcome to our show, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. And Miriam is coming all the way from, or is she, she is talking to me um, in Orlando, Florida. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And how long have you been in the Florida area? Are you born and raised? or? I have been living here for 16 years, and I came out of the state of Oregon, and I lived there for 16 years. Awesome. So when did you start your, I'm assuming you started, we'll get into this in a little bit, but um, why don't you start with telling the um, listeners what your profession is and your background and education, and then we'll kind of get into your story of how you became an IFBB pro. Well, I am a health and PE teacher at Olympia High School in Orlando, Florida. This is my 32nd year teaching, and I love it. That's awesome. I was a high school teacher for 10 years. Um, So I really want you to share with the audience um, what sparked your interest um, and kind of opened that window for the competition world and all of that. Can you share that story? Well, initially, when I was younger... Uh, Gladys Portuguese and Rachel McClish were like women I looked up to because their bodies were beautiful and they were bodybuilders, but they still looked like beautiful women. And that was probably like the 80s, I believe. But I started playing basketball and coaching and doing that for the last 20 years. And um, I retired from coaching and I said, gosh, what can I do now? And one of my friends, who I'm in a, a running club, And she goes, well, I'm doing a bodybuilding show. You should come check it out. And I'm like, wow, okay. And after I saw that bodybuilding show, which was held at my high school, I said, that's it. I'm done. That's what I'm doing. Two months later, I did my first show. And how old were you at that time? I had just turned 50. Uh, What what an amazing uh, start to your your profession. So, um, that was in what year? 2015. 2015. Okay. So that competition, it was an MPC competition, correct? Yes. It's actually a national qualifier called the Mid-Florida Classic promoted by Deke Warner. Okay. And so from there, did you do other regional competitions before you decided to step on a national stage? Well, I did my first, my actual first show. That was the show I watched. My first show was um, an OCB show. And um, a lady who does competition suits said, hey, you should do my show. And I said, okay. And I can't think of the name of it at this moment right now for some funny reason. But uh, two weeks later, I did the Chris Challenger Cup, and I won both of those two shows in the 50 and over, and I think I got second or third in open, and I said, okay, I'm not in really great shape. I wonder what would happen if I hired somebody to help me. Can I do a national show? Okay. And so that was in 2015. I didn't do another show till March of 2016 because I learned that I needed to qualify. Oh, 
Are you still there? No. Yes. Okay. Yes. You kind of cut out yes. just a little bit. Um, you I'm learned sorry. that you needed to qualify? That was the last I knew year. I, yeah, somebody told me I needed to qualify first. And I said, okay. So I did a show in March of 2016 um, called The Southern USA. And the interesting thing, that show just this past weekend. And um, I got first place in the 50 and over. And they said, you qualify. And I said, I'm doing a national show. Awesome. So when was your first national competition, and what were what were the steps that led you to that? Well, I, I did a few more shows in 2016. I did an, another OCB show, thinking I could just get my pro card in um, a, an OCB, a natural show, and I ended up getting in third place. And I said, well, I, let me do a couple more. So I did a few more just to get myself... Um, I made it to the stage, and then in 2016, I went to North America, and I got second place in 45 and over. Wow. That's a big show <laughs> at the MPC level as well. Um, that's very impressive. So for those of our listeners that don't know, um, OCB is a drug-tested natural league. Um, and so at, at the MPC, it is a um, national competition in which if you receive first place so you were just shy of winning your pro card when you went to North Americans I um, was I, I was shocked because I didn't I really didn't know what to expect and I just did it because I just said oh why not go all the way wow okay so that was 2017 North Americans 16 16 oh, 16. 16 okay 16. so tell us the rest of the timeline then from there what did you do um, I actually hired another coach because I needed somebody local. And I hired a posing coach because I needed somebody to teach me how to do better because they said that I was really lean and I my posing needed a little work. Okay. So I did those two things, and I did a show, one show in 2017, which was the same show, Southern USA, and then I did – Mid-Florida Classic, which was the one that I actually saw the year before uh, when I first started. I entered that show to get qualified, and I went to to, uh, North Americans again. And I ended up getting second – no, I'm sorry, Masters, Masters Nationals. And I got second at Masters Nationals. Oh, wow. And then um, I went back to North Americans and ended up getting sixth. So I didn't fare as well the second time around. So Why do you think there was a difference there? Um, was there something different about your training? Or as a natural athlete, I, was it just hard to hold for that long? It, it was harder for me to hold. I wasn't as – I didn't understand the process that well of how to stay lean but be full at the same time. And I got really, really small down to like, like under 100 pounds which oh, wasn't wow. good. I didn't look very good. I, I looked like I was sick, and I didn't understand that lean didn't mean sick. Mm-hmm. And so that pretty much hurt me, and uh, Sandy told me I need to eat and I need to get bigger and have bigger glutes. And so I hired my posing coach's husband to redo my nutrition. Okay. And I... I've done better since then. I, I did a show 
Atlantic Coast in 2018, which a March of 2018, and then I went back to Masters Nationals, and I told my coach, ISBB Pro, Ty Pope, I said, this is the last time we're coming to Pittsburgh unless we purposely come to do a show. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, well, if you don't make it, we can do North Americans. I said, no, we're not. I said, I'm winning today. And um, I just had that attitude, and, and I and I told him that, and, and it happened, and I was so excited. That's that was incredible. actually my first overall win. I've never had an overall win either. So that was pretty exciting, too. So you had said that you were in the 45 when you got second place. Um, when did you make the transition, um, or did you just cross over? How did that How did that work? when you had well, placed in the 45 and then um, for our listeners you had when you won your pro card last year at Masters Nationals you were in the 50 plus yes okay well you know they, they didn't have 50 plus the first year I was there oh okay okay and then the next year because there was so many women in the 45 and over they added Gary Udit added the 50 plus mm. And the rumor is there's a 55 plus this year. Oh, interesting. Okay, because so there's so many women that are interested in doing this and competing that they um they added another class. So was that did that change um, as far as your height class? I know that when you won your pro card, there were four. Height classes, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the previous year, what were the splits? Ooh, that, I, I'm not even really sure now that you you said that. It wasn't as many, I don't think. Okay. But there was more women in each class because I think there was eight or nine, maybe 11 in the, some of the different class, height classes. So there was almost 50 women in 50 and over. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that's why they added the 55, if that is still correct, because I'm not 100% sure. So what, um, when you won your pro card, what, if for our listeners, just so they can kind of visualize, um, how tall are you and what height class were you in in the 50 plus? I'm actually in the B class. And I'm actually almost five four. Okay, and so, so when five you, three and three quarters, something like that. When you said that you had gotten to one hundred pounds and you really had to look at your nutrition, when you got like that second place um, spot in class B, and then when you won your pro card, what was the difference in muscle retention? And can you, if you don't mind sharing your weight, how it had changed from? from that, um, you know, that sixth place placing to moving up to first place and winning your pro card? Well, I think I weighed um, probably about 112 oh, um, wow. okay. last year uh, going on stage. And interestingly is I, I, for some reason, once my metabolism starts running, mm-hmm. it's hard to stop it. And my coach, uh, Ty Pope, that Friday before um, going into Masters Nationals um, last year, winning the pro card, he fed me steak, a burger, and three orders of fries. 
because I was quickly depleting <laughs> and getting small really quickly. And um, he didn't like that. Look, he said, we need you to be fuller. And it took every ounce of everything for me to eat all that food because I had been depleting the week before. So uh, now I seem to retain it a little bit better. So like today, I weighed myself on Sunday, I weighed 115. And I want to be able to go on stage at Puerto Rico Pro next week at about 113 if I can. Or one and stay a little bit fuller because I'm not a big person. I'm, I'm kind of thin anyway, and, but the more muscle I have on me and I, and it seems to be staying. So that's a good thing. That's wonderful. So I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous because I'm, this is the heaviest I've ever been. Usually by now I'm down to 112 already. So he was hoping to keep that on me. Okay, so you're heading to Puerto Rico. That's pretty exciting. Um, have you ever been there? I've been there on cruises and vacations, but I've never been there to compete. So I'm super excited. My um, posing coach is from Puerto Rico, and she's excited. She's coming with her family, so we're, we're going as a team. There's a, Our team is going together. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so when you... Um, when you say that this is this is your third pro show, is that correct? Or is... yes, correct. Okay. Can you share with our listeners some of, first of all, what your pro debut was and how that went, and then kind of how you've moved forward with each additional show and what you've, how you've kind of tweaked and changed things um, to move along the pro ranks. Well, um, after Masters Nationals last year, I took you know a week off. And then I took, no, I actually, that's a lie because Tampa, I did my pro debut was Tampa pro, which was two weeks, two weeks later. Oh, wow. So I, I couldn't even take a break. So my coach did feed me enough for me. And I felt like I looked really great at Tampa pro, but I think I got seventh, sixth or seventh in the masters. Okay. And. Um, I enjoyed every minute of the pro debut. I mean, they um, Tim Garner does a great job of treating his athletes really, really well, all of his athletes, even the amateurs. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went with one of my really good friends, and we met some really great people and enjoyed the – I fully enjoyed the experience, 100%. Um, awesome. I wanted to do better masters-wise, so I was kind of disappointed in that aspect. But they didn't really give the uh, masters women a, a shot. They pretty much moved us to the side and let the open take over, and they didn't. They put all the masters at number sixteen. Hmm. So, and I, I I didn't notice that until I looked at the the rankings after the show. So I was kind of disappointed that they did that. And I said, I hope they don't do that again. I hope they give us a shot at it. So I did Hurricane Pro, which was a month later. And mm-hmm. they pretty much did the same thing. So what are your thoughts in regards to um, just as far as if you, when you pick a, a pro show, you and your coach, um, when you sit down to think about that, have you considered doing 
just an open division or are you picking competitions specifically that provide the master's um, level? Um, how do you both go about that and um, strategize in that regard? Well, we did Tampa Pro because it had both open and masters and same with Hurricane Pro and they're both in Florida. So they weren't far and it was easy for me to get to. Okay. I did um, the Clash in South Carolina, and it was an open show. And I did it because I wanted to see where I would stand. And um, there was so many pros there that it was difficult for me, anyway. It was difficult, and. Um, I didn't like that I wasn't, my coach wasn't there. That was a hard process with videos and, and um, pictures. It was, I think it was harder for me to stay on point, I felt. Okay. So, um, and I was alone. I didn't go with anybody. I, I had friends that were competing, but I drove up to South Carolina, which is about six hours. And I think that taxed my body a little bit going up. Okay. So that's something I'd like. I, I, I we have t we talked about that it was probably not a good thing that I would drove by myself because I'd spent a lot of time focusing, and then I think it affected my body um, physically, pretty much. You know, just the cortisol level, mm -hmm. I think. And so I came in, I guess, a little too lean for N Sandy again, and that's what she told me. She said, "I'm still too lean." I need to fill out some more. And my body just, when I, I guess when I get this close to a show, I just, it starts to run. And it does, the metabolism doesn't slow down. So on Sunday, my coach added back some food because he wants me to slow my metabolism down. Okay. So that's, physically, that's been my biggest problem is it starts to run and I, it's running and I can't slow it down. So he's trying to figure out how to stop it. So he cut my cardio this week, which I don't really like either because it makes me nervous. And then he um, added a little bit of carbs back in to see if I can fill out some more. So, so are you currently teaching at the present time? Yes, I am. And that is taxing too because it's testing time. And uh, everybody's short on temper, even the kids. <laughs> so, and I have very few carbs, and so they notice I'm short. So they're they're pretty much hiding from me as much as I'm hiding from them. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have family? I do. I do have family here. Most of my family lives here. My sisters and brothers live in Alaska and Oregon. But my, most of my cousins all live here. Okay. And so how does this, um, how does your, how do you find um, that harmony with your social life and with your career and competing um, other than, you know, you're in peak week and things can get a little testy. Um, what are some things that you do to try to find that balance? Well, if I, if I can in between shows, I like to travel with my friends. Um, that's a huge thing. And I still, I, I do travel a lot. I just took a cruise six weeks ago 
And then I was in D.C. the week before that at a, a baby shower. And I do love traveling. I like to be in different places um, on the weekends, whether I go to the beach or I go somewhere. That being in peak week, I have not traveled. I've had friends come into town. Um, that is taxing, too. But I just try to figure it out. I mean, they, we all went out to eat last night. I had grilled chicken and, and a salad. They were eating chocolate dipped churros. <laughs> so, they weren't even right. So do you follow a meal plan or do you track macros? And then how, how do you travel when you're on prep? Um, if I'm Usually if I'm on prep, if I know I'm on prep and I'm traveling, I carry my food the majority of the time. Okay. Uh, the cruise, I didn't track anything at all. I stayed as much focused as I could, but I really didn't track anything. When I went to D.C. the week before, I was tracking. Okay. But when I was on the cruise, I wasn't tracking because I, I knew that I wouldn't enjoy myself if I didn't, and I wanted to try to enjoy myself because I knew when I came back for the next six weeks, I was going to be on prep and I was going to be focused. So that's kind of what happened for that. But usually I, I do track macros and I am, I have a meal plan that my coaches put me on. Um, pretty much he changes it for the different um, segments of the year for building or prepping and for maintaining. So he does um, build my plan up for all parts of my um, year. But I do get, uh, if I'm not, doing a show i do get a cheat meal once a week okay. yay yay <laughs> but i haven't had one since I, I i january i started prepping for my march show and then i did cheat a little bit on the cruise so can you typically um eat intuitively when you're traveling just because you've tracked your macros so long that you feel like you can kind of eyeball things and kind of stay close to it or are you just kind of like no I'm just like taking a break <laughs> completely it depends on how far away the next show is uh, on the cruise I didn't track anything but most of the times I kind of know now because I've studied it a little bit and I've talked to him a little bit and I do stay focused I went to dinner last night with a bunch of um, bikini competitors last night they're not tracking their macros, but I noticed that they watch their meals too, even though they're not tracking and they don't have a show coming up. They still track. So it, I think at all times, if you're focused, if this is something you like to do, you still kind of focus on it anyway, even if you're really thinking you're not. Sure, exactly. Um, so Kind of living that lifestyle. And it sounds like you're... Yeah you really surround yourself with people that are like-minded. Um, if you don't mind. I, I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. So can you share your exact age with our listeners? I know that you started your journey at 50. What's your age right now? I am 53. I will be 54 in October. Okay. So as far as your, your friends that you hang out with, are they other um, amateurs, pros? Are they master's level bikini competitors um because i don't know about you but i i feel like you know this sport it seems to be a little bit more 
I mean, right now with like the way that the Olympia points are accumulated, as of right now, we don't have a Masters Olympia, which is unfortunate. Um, as a Masters competitor, I wish we did. But um, yeah, I mean, how is are most people like your age group that um, that you train with or hang out with? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I train at the gym. I train with um, three figure competitors. Oh wow! So and they are. They're getting ready to com- one just competed this weekend. One is getting ready to compete at um, Mid Florida Classic, and the third one is going to go to Masters Nationals at forty and over. She just did the Arnold, so I train with them, and then because I don't train with any bikini competitors at all, so I only train with the figure competitors. Do you because find- I feel like? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I feel like they lift. They lift heavier, uh-huh. and um, they have a different style of lifting to me. So I I train with them once in a while, and then um, my other friends are most of my other friends are are basketball players, and so it's a, di- a completely different style. But all of the women that I train with are all um, masters competitors. But I did go, I have friends that are bikini competitors, and we usually just eat together because we kind of eat the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> so you have your eating group, and then you have your lifting group. <laughs> I know. Is that weird? That is weird. But my um, figure competitors, all three of them said they're after Puerto Rico, they're going to take me out to eat. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'm a it. little nervous. <laughs> Will that be your last show for this year, or are you going to do more? Um, my coach said we're going to take what the judges say and then we'll decide um, if we're going to do a master's show only because there's a one in Boca Raton called Prestige Cup and it's a master's only. Okay. And I want to do, I uh, honestly, I want to do that one, but I don't know if it's too close to this one and my body may need a break or it may not. So he's going to see after this show. And then a week later is Tampa Pro. And I wanted, I told him I want to do that, and he said I need to decide. Okay, and so how does he go about um, that process of deciding just based on how your body's responding and the judge's feedback? Is that kind of? The judge's feedback and what I, I usually get to choose, but he said he's going to choose this time. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. Because I'll be honest, I can tell you that I've been literally for real on prep for four years, wow. pretty much. Okay. You know, except for the, these random trips, you know, I take a cruise every year, uh, a week-long cruise, and I don't track my macros pretty much during that whole week. That's pretty much the whole time, that the only time that I really um, don't track my macros. All the other times I pretty much do, even if I'm out of town with my friends. I bring my own food. I eat what I'm supposed to eat, no matter where we go. That's awesome. And most, some of my other friends, they're not dieting in any fashion. They're just regular, you know, just regular people I hang out with. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, if you were to describe your, like, top five favorite things about competing, what would you say are your favorite parts of doing this? 
Ooh, I really like watching how my body changes from week to week. Um, and especially the closer I get to a show, even though this is hard, I like looking at the changes mm. and the, how my muscle looks. And I let, love looking at the progress pictures yeah. and to see what I look like in January compared to what I look like in May. Very cool. And then I, I love competing with my teammates. Um, that's really the funnest part because just like my, uh, I'm going to Puerto Rico with my coach and another uh, teammate who's uh, got her master's, uh, got her pro card last year at North Americans at, in um, bodybuilding. And so everybody is so upbeat, everybody's fun, despite that we're all suffering a little bit. <laughs> so I think that part is fun. And then just being able to, I have the friends that are figure competitors that they check on you to make sure you're okay, especially when your carbs are low. They're like, are you good today? How do you feel? You can do this. And I think there's so much positivity, even if you're competing against somebody, I think there isn't anybody I've come across that's ever been negative. I agree. Definitely. Um, so about your, um, so that that was like two different things as far as you're looking at your improvements and all of that um since you have been in prep for so long do you think that you'll take a pretty significant off season once you're done competing for the year and if so what does that look like and what kind of goals will you be um setting together with your coach if if he makes me if he makes me <laughs> take a break, which he knows I'll probably be upset about. But if that happens, um, we'll probably look at trying to figure out how to build. But I, you know, my biggest thoughts are I'm going to be 54. What is taking a break to do what? I think that's what crosses my mind. Okay. You know, because as we get older, it's like, okay, so I'm taking a break to, to do to get bigger, I, how does that look when you're 54, 55, 56, as opposed to 24, 25, 26? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so, tell, describe to us in words, like, what it truly means to, you know, stay fit after 50 and kind of what different challenges you maybe come across um, that are different than, you know, some of the pros that are going through the same thing. I, I think our, our muscles are mature. They bounce back a little bit faster. But I think the older we – I've noticed the older I get, i got to work twice as hard. Okay. And I feel like I'm working twice as hard. And then there's little glitches that happen. You know, your knee twitches, your elbow twitches. It hurts a little bit differently, and I'm, you have to slow down a little bit. That's what I've noticed. I mean, I'm on my way to the chiropractor because – you know, to get my adjustment. But I was doing that before, but now I feel like I need to do it a little more often. Gotcha. You know, so there's little injuries, I think, that occur the older we get. So then that begs the question, do I need a longer break so that I can come back stronger or should I continue going anyway? So that's really the question I have to even try to figure out how to ask myself because do I really want to be doing this at 60? Even though I know there are people that do do it. Because it, 
you're going to need to lift heavier. The girls are a little bit fuller. They're, they're a little bit heavier. Um, how much more lifting can you do? I don't know. That's, I guess I'm going to be fi- trying to figure that out in the next couple of years. So what is your daily routine that, um, that kind of, uh, it seems like you've really got a routine down and that it's kind of part of your life. Um, when do you typically train and kind of fit all of that in with work? How does that, and if you have cardio, when do you do that? Is it fasted, fed? When do you lift with your figure competitor friends? Yeah, well, in the I lift in the mornings at 5 o'clock every day. Okay. Except for Saturdays, I lift at 6 because I feel like I need to sleep in. <laughs> 6 is not really sleeping in, but no. it, feels, it feels like it to me. I don't know. Um, so I lift every day from five to six and then I go to work, to school. And I actually teach, um, weightlifting first and second period from seven 30 to nine. So I have two periods of all boys weightlifting. So I, um, pretty much do my cardio when I get to school and everything I do in the morning is fasted. I, I lift fasted. I do my cardio fast. I don't even eat breakfast till nine o'clock. Wow. Okay. So, because that's my first class where I'm actually sitting at my desk. Okay. At nine o five, and so the kids have already gotten used to it. They know that I got my oatmeal, my egg whites, and um, I've trained my kids. They have a list of foods that they can eat. Uh, if I get a cheat meal, they get a cheat meal. <laughs> So they know in advance what day is cheat day, and they bring every snack that I would never eat. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so I've I've got them a little bit trained, so they they choose the correct – I'm hoping to set a good example so they can choose the correct foods. Yeah, so what kind of impact have have you made? Have you noticed that – any of those high school students are growing like an interest in bodybuilding or um, what, what kind of impact? I know as a teacher myself, I, I taught weights and I taught all male <laughs> weightlifting classes and things like that. Um, and as a teacher, it can get a little tricky. My administration was very supportive of me, um, my athletic director and my principal. You know, they pulled me into the office and said, we really appreciate that you are taking care of your body and that you're providing a healthy, you know, role model um, and lifestyle for these high school students. Um, but, you know, it can get a little controversial. So how do um, how do you kind of deal with that? Have you had any like positive or negative um, feedback in regards to being a high school teacher and being around young adolescents <laughs> as a bikini competitor? So far, the kids seem to like it. I, um, somebody, one of the kids, and I think it brings credibility. Um, yes. So when I say something, they really believe me. Mm-hmm. And um, they do, and one of the kids did ask me today about creatine. And I said, well, there's several studies, and some say yes, some say no. I said, but what I want you to do is I want you to read it, go on to these different websites, and then you need to make the decision if it's the right thing for you, because I don't want them to say, them to say, oh, coach said take creatine, because I don't, I, I don't want them to ever take anything, anyway. 
I'd rather them be as natural as they can be. But if they ask me a question, I'm going to try to give them as much information and where they can find the information as possible so they can make the, the best decision for themselves. That's so that makes a huge difference. Uh, we talk a lot about nutrition, a lot about macros, but I can't give them any specifics because legality-wise. Mm-hmm. I can give them, tell them where to look, how to find the information, and but that's pretty much all I can do. Okay. The training aspect is easy because that's what I teach all day. They can ask me anything about training, which they love to do. And we design, I teach them how to design training programs for themselves and how to adjust them. So, And they love that part. But they would rather me train them than me give them the freedom to do it themselves, which is really interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't, I'm not really, I haven't figured it out. I, I asked them, I said, why, do you, why are you waiting on me? It's just more fun when you do it. But then that's more work for me, and then you don't learn how to do it. And you're the one going to the gym. I'm not going with you. It's definitely the ultimate compliment to you, though, because, you know, it's hard, I think, for a young adolescent male to ask for the advice on how to lift weights to a female in some cases. You know, I think that that's that shows like that they very much, you know, respect you and really think highly of your your knowledge or or they could just be being lazy i don't know <laughs> yeah it could be one of the two who knows and then uh yesterday one of the kids came up and showed me my picture from class i said oh that's me she goes yeah coach it's it's been on snap all day i said oh okay who started it and then they told me who started it and i said oh okay I said, you know, you just have to Google my name. My picture will pop up. Yeah. And that was yeah. what, that was why my principal and my athletic director brought me in because a picture had been on npcnewsonline.com, but they just wanted me to know. The only reason why they were bringing me in was to tell me that they appreciated that I was, you know, living that lifestyle and representing it in a professional manner, um, which for conservative, it was a conservative school and a very, like, country school so I was I was excited to hear that that wasn't a negative um so but yeah now that they have all these social media outlets like snapchat and things like that I'm sure that that can be probably a pretty prevalent um thing to deal with but it sounds like you're you're making a really um positive impact on all of them um I I'm definitely hoping so because I know that um I know some of them have uh, are following me on Instagram, but I told them, I, I mean, they're they can't. I told them they can't follow me. You can stalk, but you can't follow. <laughs> so there's a difference. And they're like, what's the difference? I said, just like you stalk other people, like Kim Kardashian and them. I don't know if you like their pictures or not. You just can't hit the word follow. As soon as you hit the word follow, and I know that it's you, I will block you. So they have not, not one kid has followed me. And so do you just say that from day one? Just yeah. the social media parameters out there? I love that. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I tell them my page is public. I said it's public for a reason because I have goals. And my goals cannot be um, hindered because you can't follow directions. So and they, so they, they don't follow, they don't follow me. <laughs> 
They, now, after some of them have graduated, they have. And I said, and as soon as you put something inappropriate on your page, I will block you. So, and as, so far they, as, as far as your goals that you were talking about, um, can you share with our listeners kind of what your goals are moving forward? My, my biggest goal right now is to win a master's show. So um, that's why I really want to do the Prestige Cup and go back to Tampa Pro because both of those have master's shows. Now, the Puerto Rico Pro does not. I just wanted to go to be out of the country to, to experience being out of the country doing a pro show. Awesome. So I want to be able to say I have done all these things and not have stopped myself from trying things just because I'm 50. You know what I mean? Of course. And just, just because they say, oh, you know, I've heard the last two weeks that bikini is for 30 and under. I said, well, but I'm not 30 and under. What does that, what does that mean? So that's my biggest goal right now. And then my, my other goals, I'd like to be able to find a, an, uh, a way to represent the women, the master's women, uh, otherwise in speaking engagements or like what we're doing today. I'm totally excited about this opportunity. Well, we're excited you're here. And uh, I know I train some athletes that are going to be headed to that master's national stage. I've got about five competitors heading that way and two of which yeah. are 50 plus. And so I'd like to try to just get into like where your mind frame, I know that you had said that it was different because you showed up and you just said, I, you know, this is plan a, and this is the only plan that there is to my co or to your coach. Like we're yeah. not thinking about masters nationals. We're coming back to Pittsburgh as a pro maybe, but, um, this is it. This is the shot. This is, I'm ready to go. I mean, that sounds to me like you are already envisioning it happening, which is, I think a huge piece is the mental part. Um, yeah. can you share just like anything, any other nuggets as far as like tips, um, uh, for those competitors that might be stepping on that stage? And then also what do you think was a reason um, why you received the overall as well, because that's a huge, I mean, that's a huge honor in and of itself, yeah. not only to get your pro card, but to be the best out of the best um, and win that overall. So can you share some of any kind of knowledge <laughs> or tips that you, that are on your mind right now with our listeners? I think I definitely agree. I had, I made a vision board at the beginning of, 2018, and I put up on my vision board a, a cup, a medal, 15 over Masters Nationals. That was, I did that in January. That was my number one goal. And every day I looked at that um, vision board. And I have a new one up now, and it's, it's talking about the Masters show. And I think that's huge. And then I think surrounding yourself with people who can push you towards that goal. My coach was, he was on it from January. said, if this is what you want, we're getting it this year. And he was on top of me 100%. My posing coach, she said, we need to practice. You need to practice every single day. You cannot slip up. You need to have, know your routine. So when you get up there, you feel good about it. We need to find you the suit that you want to wear that makes you feel incredible. And I wore my black suit she said, that's the suit. She said, you look good in that. And then I think 
Um, I kind of skimped a little bit on, on the other shows. I did my own makeup. I did my own hair. Um, you know, I did a few things. I tried to cut the corners financially. Mm-hmm. And uh, this last Masters Nationals, I, I didn't cut any corners. I went 100% all in. Um, I didn't do my own hair. I didn't do my own makeup. Um, I, the, even the year before, I did my own tan. Okay. And I I, I I didn't skimp. It's a little more expensive. I, I, I realized I spent a lot of money, but it was something I really, really wanted. And it meant a lot to me. And I tell my students this. If you want something, you will do whatever it takes. And I that was my mindset. I said, I want this really bad. I'm going to have to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And I, I I suffered. I didn't go out. I pretty much stayed in. I did. I, I made a lot of sacrifices. Okay. And that was that was really really hard, but it was important to me. So I wanted. I I, I was willing to make the sacrifice. So when you say that you practice posing every day, I know this is a weakness of mine, and I, I set a goal this year to really try to practice posing at least twice a week. But I'm hearing you say every day, and I'm thinking, man, I really need to step up my game. So. When did you implement that? Um, Because I know as a teacher, you're extremely busy and trying to get your training and your nutrition. When do you find time and when do you make time, Um, especially in that situation from January to Masters Nationals? What did you do to work that into, it sounds like, your daily routine? Um, After I brush my teeth, I do my routine twice. Okay. Before I go to bed, I do it a couple of times. And uh, I teach, I do yoga with my students, and but I don't, I, I don't teach it all the time. Sometimes I put a video on, and when they're doing yoga and the lights are out, I'm in the background practicing poses. <laughs> I love it. And they, and they, you know, they do a pose and they look and they cheat a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, coach is practicing." So. It, that's sometimes when I do it, and I do yoga usually once a week. That was my ringer from my doctor. <laughs> I was going to say, um, <laughs> I don't know what that magical sound was in the background, but um, and I know we're running short on time here. I know that you have to go, and I have so appreciated your time, and all of your insight has been incredible. You're such an inspiration to everyone. And so well, if there was so – yeah, yeah um, – if there was anything you were to say to um, women that are, you know, interested in the sport or even people that, you know, they just turned 50 and they decided, I want to do my first bikini competition. Um, can you give us any kind of, like, knowledge that you feel like just really, what are their steps and, you know, what are some things that um, that they should know about the sport? coming into it if they've never competed whatever you do do it for yourself if you are going to choose to do this do this for your personal benefit um, to make yourself feel good don't do it for anybody else if you want to change your lifestyle make sure you're changing it for you so that you can feel better because I think sometimes we do it because our friends are doing it or um, we saw it on TV and maybe I should just try it because I'm I'm 50 and I should just try it. But if you want to go for it, I say do it for you and make sure that you really, 
really enjoy the experience. Enjoy the journey and the process. Because if you um, don't like the process, it makes it really difficult, and it's not as much fun. I love that. Um, and just to close, what do you feel like, I'm going to come back to that question about what do you feel like set you apart to achieve that overall win at Masters? I know that you had mentioned your hair, your makeup, you did not skimp, you did not cheat on anything. Was there something about... Um, do you feel like it was that it factor you brought, the attitude, or was it the fact that you had practiced so much posing? What do you feel like got you that overall win last year? I think last year in particular, I, I, I think I just had, I think my attitude and my motivation was a lot higher. I was, I, I had a, um, my mindset was, this is something I want. I wasn't really thinking about the overall. I was just thinking, because once I won the 50, I didn't, I, I think I got fourth in 45. I didn't even, my mind was already gone. Once they told me I won the 50, I was like happy. <laughs> and then when they said, oh, you're going to come out for the overall, I said, the overall, okay. And I was just, I just had that, I'm so excited attitude that I think that's the only thing that helped me because I was already happy and satisfied with what I received. And I think sometimes we lose track of the one one or two good things that make us happy and we don't carry it to the next thing. So I think that's the biggest thing. And I, even sometimes I wasn't as happy with my physique at Clash, but I, I need to carry my happiness into Puerto Rico despite I didn't do as good. Because if I don't, then it, you can see it on stage. Yeah. So what's what's on your vision board these days? Uh, definitely winning a master's show and then just being able to keep a healthy lifestyle and not go overboard and be able to enjoy when I'm not prepping and to be able to enjoy life. Because sometimes, and I tell my students this all the time, life is really, really short and for you to be mad about something, you miss your enjoyment of what's about to happen so after i was upset at the clash i said you know what i need to enjoy life because it's coming at me fast so i i just think the biggest thing is enjoying life so my next i want to win if i'm not doing the prestige cup and my coach doesn't let me i definitely want to do tampa pro to win the master's show that's a i think a, a big huge thing for me that's awesome <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time. And um, yeah, this has been so inspirational. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully everybody has been able to pick up some nuggets from Miriam Jenkins. And this is episode 39. And we are on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast. And if you go to iTunes, uh, please leave us a review or a rating. That helps other people that are interested in the same type of topic find us. And um, we would so appreciate it as this is an unfunded podcast. And this is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>